You're listening to the Bible Nerd Podcast, a weekly show where we're exploring the world of the Bible, helping you fall more in love with Jesus and building a thoughtful defense for the Christian worldview. I'm your host, Steve Schramm. Welcome to the show. Should science intimidate me as a Christian? Should science intimidate me as a Christian? That's the question that we're going to deal with today, and I'm excited about it, and here's why. So my kids are, my two oldest are five and six. And so they're finally getting to that age where they are starting to notice real differences between what they're hearing in some places and what they're hearing in others. And I know that that's like something that a lot of Christian parents fear and, you know, for good reason. I mean, there's definitely some legitimacy there. Um, But it's also something that we should embrace because it's an opportunity to teach our children about God's world and about God's word, and about how we live differently than other people. And hopefully we're, you know, living those ideas out consistently across the board of our lives. And so I've been thinking about this lately as we go to these different, like, science museums. I mean, you can't even walk into one of these museums without talking about naturalism and millions of years and evolution. And, you know, I get that some Christians buy into those ideas, but I I personally don't. And I make no apology for that. Um, I don't think they're correct. And so... I'm not going to teach them. I'm not going to teach that they are correct to my kids. I'm going to point out the um, the ideas across the board as they get older. I'll of course explain more about those reasons why I think um, certain things are the way they are and certain things aren't the way they are. And ultimately, they're going to have to come to their own conclusion on a lot of that stuff. But I think it's important that we open this conversation. So, science intimidate persons as a Christian. Should Christians be intimidated by science? Now, here's another thing, another reason why I'm thinking a lot about this lately is um, me and me and my, my friend Alex, we have another podcast called Story World, and we just recorded an episode. It's not published yet, um, but it will be published soon. Um, we just recorded an episode on the power of conversion and deconversion stories. And so we were talking back through the you know the past few years, Rhett and Link, John Steingard, um, and a few others that have um, unfortunately fallen away from the faith. Now, again, I'm not going to talk right now about how you define that. You know, can a person be saved and unsaved, et cetera? Um, you know, once saved, always saved. We're not even going to get into that right now. Um, but these people are deconverting, whatever that means. They are leaving the faith. And many times um, that the impetus for that comes down to science, at least in their opinion. They are using science as you know, call it the excuse or the example of one of the things that is responsible for them leaving the faith. And so obviously these Christians, or if they were Christians or so-called Christians or whatever, you know, they were intimidated by science. You know, should we ever be be falling away from the faith because of science? Okay. Um, I don't think so. I think that science is a part of God's world. And we're going to talk about that. Now, there's also an intuitive notion that the Bible differs heavily from mainstream scientific narratives, right? Um, It's like you don't have to read the Bible very long before you understand that they are operating out of a supernatural worldview that most modern people, you know, post-enlightenment, are not operating out of, okay? Now, they operate out of it when they 
as Francis Schaeffer used to say, they they kind of move up to that. Um, that you know, Francis Schaeffer used to talk about this idea of basically a two story universe, and at the top level is you know imagination and dreaming and wonder and you know all of those sort of things that sort of rely on God to even be possible. And then on the lower level is like the mundane activity of life. And most people are living on that lower level. Um, and, and then like every every so often they sort of dip into that that top story. Um, and then come back down again to, you know, to be grounded. But the reality is that both stories, ex- you know, exist and, and only consistently so because of um, the existence of God. And so there is this intuitive notion that when you're reading the Bible, like lots of things are going to happen that look completely different from mainstream scientific narratives. Now, you do have some who are quite selective with this, right? For example, You've got some people who think, well, the Bible doesn't have anything to do with, say, you know, the age of the earth. They're totally dismissive of ideas like young earth creationism. You know, they say the Bible has nothing to do with that. But then, of course, they're totally cool because they kind of have to be in order to to be a Christian um, with people rising from the dead. Um, not to pick on anybody specific, but I'm thinking, uh, for example, of Francis Collins. You know, Francis Collins is a person who is totally fine with evolutionary science and whatever. In fact, he was a pretty pretty public, outspoken individual during COVID and all of that, talking about all oh, the science of masking and the science of vaccines and all these different things. And again, I'm not, not going to speak too much to that, but um, my point is that he bought into and buys into pretty much all of the mainstream scientific narratives, except, oh yeah, Jesus could rise from the dead, right? So sort of dipping into that supernatural, but like otherwise, um, you know, whatever, the Bible doesn't really seem to speak to these scientific things. So the root of the question that I want to get down to today really is what if science and the Bible do not seem to agree on an issue, right? What happens then? Um, do we take science's word for it? Do we take, you know, the Bible's word for it, et cetera, et cetera. So what I want to do is give you just some tools, uh, five things real quick here, five quick tools to help you think through that question. And, you know, maybe you're fully like bought into, um, you know, biblical ideas, the biblical worldview, you know, maybe, maybe you don't have any like serious doubts or whatever, but just, Something more subtle and more practical happens when you're reading the Bible. Maybe you just, you look and you're, you know, subtly the um, questions start to arise in your mind. Like, you know, geez, like, was there ever really giants who lived on the earth? Or like, you know, was, was did people really live until they were 900 plus years old or whatever? Like, I would be lying to say that every time I read through the Bible and I found that, that, that I was just like perfectly bought in to what the Bible says, right? Because there are a lot of things that are happening that we just don't see on a regular basis. And so it's, for me, it's an intentional exercise to make sure I'm always remembering, um, that, that a lot of times what is being published or pushed inside of a mainstream narrative is exactly that it's, it's a narrative. And a lot of times it doesn't agree with reality. And if you believe like I do that the Bible is the ultimate source of truth and the ultimate, um, correct description of reality, then we need to be very careful when we think through these things and um, make sure that we hold the Bible in the proper position of authority. Okay? So here's these uh, few things that I want to talk through, and uh, I think they'll help you if science ever intimidates you as a Christian or as maybe you're just working with other people and helping uh, them think through the ideas that uh, science might intimidate them as a Christian. 
All right, number one is to realize that science is a very Christian thing to do. Okay, science is a very Christian thing to do for a few reasons. First is the dominion mandate, right? We think about how even from the beginning of God's word, we are told to subdue creation. We are told to be fruitful. We're told to, to multiply. Um, Dr. Kurt Wise in his book, Faith, Form, and Time, really has a helpful sort of exposition of this as it relates to um, the dominion mandate as being very supportive of, of, of the discipline of science, of studying the natural world, right? Because in order to sort of um, subdue the earth and to take control of things and to steward them, to you know, to, to garden, to raise animals, to raise a family, you have to understand the natural world better. And so insofar as science is the discipline of really understanding the natural world better, then we're doing a very, very Christian thing. The second is in the domains of logic and rationality, right? I fully believe that God is required in order for those things to make sense, for the world to be logical and uniform and rational. Um, I fully believe that it's going to have to have begun with a mind, okay? A disembodied mind, which would be God the Father and uh, Yahweh described in the Bible. And so um, it's hard to imagine that anything could exist at all. For me, it's frankly impossible to imagine that anything could exist at all absent God, absent that creator mind who himself is logic and who himself is rationality, like all of these things come and flow from the mind of God. And it's hard to imagine that you could even do science in a world where that wasn't the case. And then we have the worldview reality of the birth of science. Now, this is cool, right? To me, this is what's really fascinating because you've got people who all throughout the millennia have tried to argue that uh, science is possible apart from God, or science has overruled God, or science has made God irrelevant, or just whatever you want to say. Now, never mind even the logical problems with that. It totally denies the worldview reality of how science was born. The scientific enterprise is a result of Christian thinking, a result of especially theistic thinking. Early scientists were people who understood the sole creatorship of God because we got to remember in the time of like, you know, Greco-Roman times, they had multiple gods and the idea of creation was the gods versus the gods and the gods versus the forces of chaos. They had no reason to think that the world would be orderly, that the world would be the kind of thing that you could study scientifically. But Christian and um, even Muslim monotheistic ideas gave birth to the scientific method, gave birth to the process of science, gave birth to the philosophical underpinnings of science. So science itself is a very Christian thing to do. So should science intimidate me or you or anyone as a Christian? Well, the answer is no, because science is a very Christian thing to do. The first scientists were Christians and theists who understood the reality of there being a logical, rational uh, mind who created the universe, a God who created the universe. All right, number two is that oftentimes God's truth is revealed progressively, but it is revealed, okay? It's revealed progressively, but it is revealed. Now, what do I mean by this? Well, principally that there is knowledge we have today that we did not have 
20, 30, 40, 50, 100, 400 years ago, okay? As we grow as a human species, as we grow in our knowledge of the world around us, as we grow in our knowledge personally of the Lord, new truth is going to be revealed. Correct truth, but new truth is going to be revealed. For example, we didn't used to have objective knowledge of the distance of the sun from the earth, for example, but now we now we have that. And you know, we didn't know exactly how did, did the planets rotate around the earth, did did the earth and other planets rotate around the sun, et cetera, et cetera. And we know those things now. So it's revealed progressively, but it is revealed. And there may be things that today seem difficult to answer. For example, you know, I love, frankly, dealing with creationists who um, who don't try to be know-it-alls. And I'm like, I just don't, that doesn't attract me um, because I know they don't know everything. Like, I know that nobody knows everything. And I really like to follow people who are willing to admit when there are um, problems and yet understand um, how good God has been in working and revealing. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think we can be people who are willing to admit that we could be wrong. And by the way, that's like, that's part of doing science. Like science is not really that helpful in, in uncovering absolute truth. Science is a whole lot more about telling us what's wrong than what's right. It's about ruling out possibilities um, even more than it is about discovering new ones. So God's truth is often revealed progressively, but it is revealed. It is revealed, and uh, and therefore, it's something that we can take confidence in. Um, and science should not be something that intimidates us as Christians. Okay, so the third reason why science should not intimidate you as a Christian is you need an inconsistency filter, all right? An inconsistency filter. Here's what I mean. Scientists are willing to admit supernatural reality on some things, but um, they're not willing to admit supernatural reality on other things, and that seems really fishy. Now, we talked about this a little bit already, but if you're a scientist and you're willing to admit supernatural reality at all, but then not willing to admit it on other things, it's really strange. Like, how are you picking and choosing? How are you deciding which things are okay to be supernatural, um, which things are not okay to be supernatural? So it's supernaturally okay that God created. It's supernaturally okay that Jesus rose from the dead. But, you know, what else? It, it's So it's it's like not supernaturally okay that God flooded the earth. It's not supernaturally okay that the biodiversity of life is a result of God working, and it's not supernaturally okay that Adam was made from the dust of the earth or that the sun was created on day four, et cetera, et cetera. So when you have scientists, especially Christian scientists, who are willing to admit some things about the world, but then not other things for scientific reasons, that is weird. I like for Christians, especially who are scientists, to be consistent. And that's not to say that it's not okay to disagree. You could disagree about things. You could disagree about evolution. You could disagree about when the, um, you know, about the order of creation or, or, or whatever. But like, like why admit that the supernatural is okay in some areas, but then not in other areas? And that's just really, really strange. Um, and I think in some cases, it's almost certainly due to like basically academic palability. And I don't think that's a good enough reason to hold a view or to not hold a view. 
So science should not intimidate you. All right, number four, those who claim to have science cornered often believe things very unscientific. So who is really on the side of science anyway, right? Today, scientists say that um, a man can become a woman and that a woman can become a man. Uh, today, scientists say that the killing of the unborn is not really a huge concern because they're basically just a clump of cells. They're not really a person at all. Um, these are supposedly ideas that are um, a result of science. And this is just not true. These are some of the most anti-scientific things ever. So, you know, when you have somebody who's saying, oh, I don't believe the Bible. It's very, it's anti-science, it's pseudo-scientific, whatever. That's crazy town when you're trying to, like, when you don't even understand basic biology. And you can even go, if you go look at, like, the Wikipedia entry for Dr. Stephen Meyer, who's not a young Earth creationist or anything by any stretch. He's one of the leaders in the in the intelligent design movement. They're even going to call him a pseudoscientist, essentially just for believing that God created. It's just crazy what people are willing to believe. And again, like, Meyer is a great example because he's written books like Signature in the Cell, where it's like, he obviously knows his stuff. He's saying very truthful things about, say, the the design of, of the cell in this case. And um, anybody with, like, a brain can look at that and just look at the intricate design. And, and the people who are calling him pseudoscientific believe that that design came out of nowhere. And they believe it is pseudoscientific to say that it was designed. Um, just makes no sense to me at all. So for that reason, though, science should absolutely not intimidate you as a Christian. And then fifth and finally... There are Christian scientists who take the Bible authoritatively on all matters that it speaks to. Okay, I'm going to repeat that again because it's so important. There are Christian scientists who take the Bible authoritatively on all matters it speaks to. If the Bible says that um, a, a creature is made after its own kind, created after its own kind, then we can look at that and we can use that data in the real world to say, oh, well, maybe it looks like there are certain animals that uh, are part of the same kind, other animals are not, and there is not a universal last common ancestor that unites them all. You know, if we can look at things like the flood and say, well, it sure looks like uh, most of the dinosaurs that we have evidence of like their burial. It looks like they were buried underwater. We have these massive canyons um, that it's just hard to believe millions of years of erosion when that the evidence of that erosion is not there and et cetera, et cetera. It's like, oh, there was a flood in the Bible. There's scientific reasons to believe that a flood might have happened. And there we go. Now, it doesn't mean we have it all figured out. There's lots of questions. There's lots of, you know, uh, problems that still need to be answered. But that's the nature of science. And that that should not intimidate you. As a Christian, there are people who buck against that mainstream narrative, who take the stand that, yeah, the Bible is absolutely true and authoritative. It's the word of God and everything in it is right. And we can look at the world today from a scientific perspective, come up with models and draw conclusions. And Dr. Todd Wood talks about this in his book, The Quest. I think it's just great. We very much don't have it all figured out. And this is one of the criticisms that creationists often received. Oh, you already know how it went. You're cheating, essentially, because you already got the guidebook for how things went, and you can never disagree with those conclusions. Look, at best, the Bible gives a very rough sketch and outline uh, of the history of the earth. And there's so much, so much work to do in between those areas that it's just insane. So no, we don't have some handbook that's like telling us our conclusions beforehand. Um, there's a lot of understanding and scientific work to be done in there. We, we have a rough um, sketch and outline of history at best, and the rest are open questions. So plenty of room 
for a Christian to do scientific exploration and science absolutely should not intimidate you as a Christian. All right, my friends, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Bible Nerd Podcast. Don't forget, you can now go to BibleNerdSociety.substack.com to get some of my recent writing and I'm writing every, um, is it every other week? I'm trying to do every other week on there um, and, uh, and super excited about that. So um, join me over there on the Bible Nerd Society and uh, we're going to be d- diving deep into some topics I think you're really going to enjoy. You guys take care, God bless, and we'll catch you on the next episode.